You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KCCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Well, good morning, Montgomery County business community and the business community worldwide. If you're a small business owner, manager, you're in the right place because this is the weekly business hour. I'm Rick Schisler, your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor as well as the founder of OneBestConsult.com. We put on a show each week in an effort to communicate business ideas, uh, answer questions from folks who listen to the program, and also hopefully to provide you with information you can use in your business today. I want to mention, too, before we get too much further in the show, that the show is broadcast live on Facebook Live YouTube. Just go to the Weekly Business Hour page and click on the live feature, and you can watch as well as listen to today's show. The show today is sponsored by OneBestConsult.com. That's the number OneBestConsult.com. It's a website and a community that I founded. I'm very proud of it. We've had a number of small businesses join us. No cost to join, just go on and sign up, uh, give us your email address, and we send you all kinds of information if you choose what you'd like to get. Uh, we have newsletters, we have video cast, we have interviews, information, hopefully, again, that you can use in your business. And the key to our website is that we try to filter out and offer only things that are what we like to call common sense business advice. That's what it's rooted in. Uh, we lack for the latest, great, greatest thing on the site, but what we do try to do is to provide you with common sense business advice. In fact, you can even pose a question to the community. Or if you desire, you can contact me and we can develop a one-on-one mentorship, uh, advisor role. Anything I can do to help you be more successful in your business for you and your family, that's why I'm here. So check it out, onebestconsult.com. A reminder, we have an email there if you'd like to email us a question. Uh, even if you don't go to the site first, it's simple. It's one, the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. That's one bestconsult at gmail.com. Well, today we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, we're going to continue our soup to nuts conversation with Mr. John Stacy. John is an advocate, and he has put together a great conversation. This is part two. Part one was last week, and it's entitled A Roadmap to Success, Mergers and Acquisitions. The question we pose is, can you grow your business through a merger with another business or perhaps through the purchase of a business? This is something I think that all small businesses need to consider if, in fact, they are seeking to grow their business. You can grow organically, but it's time to time opportunities will come up where you can purchase another business, a competitive business perhaps. And one of the things John points out is over 10,000 people over 65 are retiring. A number of them own small businesses. So the market right now has a lot of opportunities in it because they're trying to sell their businesses and retire fully from the business world. So I encourage you, listen and hear the second part of our Soup to Nuts conversation entitled Roadmap to Success, Mergers and Acquisitions.
This is Rick Schistler, and uh, I'm privileged to be here today uh, having a wonderful soup to nuts conversation. Uh, this is a continuation of one we had this past week. This is part two, Roadmap to Success, How to Build Your Business Through Mergers and Acquisitions and Doing It the Right Way, the Successful Way. And uh, we're privileged, as I mentioned, to have John Stacy. He's an AVA coach, uh, has been through this process a number of times with clients and also in his business background and experience. John, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, really glad to be here. Well, and we, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. Uh, you had, had mentioned, and, and I think it's great, we talked about processes and checklists and things, and you uh, have an eight-step process that you utilized, and we would gotten down through four, so we're going to pick up, I guess, uh, with the fifth one, and that's offer negotiation. So let's take it away and talk about how to how to style your offer and negotiation to do the best job possible. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. And just uh, wanted to mention a couple other things as we go here. Uh, read an article in the CFO magazine, one of the magazines that I read, and it's all about mergers and acquisitions. And it's a great article because it does talk about acquisitions are a risky proposition. So it's real important that as we do these planning and identifying targets that we follow this process, it's all about making sure that we – uh, have increase our odds that things are going to be successful. And it's all about, you know, it talks about speed, and it really talks about the bad news is that it can drive some negative behavior as we're going through this. And the reason I bring that up is these processes are all about driving the right behavior, a positive behavior. So let's make sure as we're talking that we're uh, really communicating the best uh, behaviors out there that we can can accomplish. We finished, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me because we got to. One of the things folks I think need to do is make sure that the best behavior is is happening right throughout the process. Right, and so we're talking about best practices. What's the the best in class? How do they handle these things? And we finished up earlier in the last segment valuation and synergies okay we've gone through we've collected data we've gone through and we've done evaluation we may have looked at discounted cash flows we may have looked at EBITDA uh, we may have looked at uh, sellers discretionary income so as we've looked at that we've sat there and we've crafted an offer okay and we talked earlier this is there's two sides to the coin there is the purchaser who is really evaluating their strategy evaluating the financials, evaluating the company, and does, one, does it make sense? And two, what's the best offer or what's the right offer for this particular company? Remember, as a seller, you're doing the same thing. You want to get X for your company. And it's based upon a number of things. And I think we mentioned earlier, it's not necessarily about sweat equity. Uh, it depends upon your product. Uh, it depends upon a number of things. So as we're looking at developing... Uh, our offer, a lot of times there are some industry norms or standards uh, when it comes to some kind of multiple. So we can talk a little bit about multiples and depending upon the business. So for example, the trucking business may be a, a smaller multiple. It may be a 3 to a 4% multiple. It can get up depending upon the age of the company, 4.5. There's some other companies. Uh, actually, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, and they had been uh, we talked about a company uh, up in, uh, I think it was Kentucky, a multi-million dollar company, large, it was a large company, and they were, it was a medical device, and they were looking at a 14 to 15 times multiple, which 
which was pretty pretty amazing. So as you kind of go through the story of this, they've gone through the they've gone through their strategy. They were in the process of making an offer as they were looking at the company. There's uh, this is one of the things where the executives of the company are really excited. This is going to fit in with our strategy. We're really pumped up. Uh, when they got there, it was going to take us the the company. For the profits that they were managing, they had managed to not do stuff with the plant. They had not necessarily upkept the plant. Uh, the plant was maxed out. They couldn't grow anymore. Uh, so all of a sudden, when you started doing the due diligence and you went there and reviewed the floor plan, re-looked at, at you know, the manufacturing process when they looked at that, all of a sudden they were going to have to be spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars just to upgrade the plant. And actually, the people that went there that did, were doing the due diligence went back, and most everybody in the room is saying, we, "Hey, this is a great deal." You know, that emotional part. This is really a good deal, except the people that were there going, "Well, yeah, but do you realize this, this, this?" And they went through all the points. They said, "This is not a good deal." And I will tell you, in a lot of companies, once the executive makes makes up the mind, "Oh yeah, okay, those are hurdles we can get over." Well, guess what? They, at this point, they listened and they decided not to do the acquisition because the risk was too high. So it really comes down to, uh, as, as we look at the offer and we start negotiating, what's the multiple, to me, is a, a real driver. Well, and that, that's something that typically, I, when I've been in this situation with small businesses, you can find out certain information about the industry, what's common in the industry. And what's in the marketplace because that number goes up and down. It could be four times today, it'd be three and a half next week. Uh, things happen regionally or nation nationally. I found in some industries that change that selling price or what you can get for a business, and directly tied to that multiple. It's kind of interesting. Well, at the same time, it, it, it it's as you evaluate the company and this goes back to that other discussion as, as far as those dr factors that drive your multiple you know if you are as the leader of the company if you're the decision maker I'll call it a hub and spoke if you're a hub and spoke you got to think about when the company buys you and you're no longer in the company anymore who's going to make the decisions if if you're the the the, the hub your the value of the company goes down so it's important to realize from a management structure, you've got the right people in place. That's just one, one example. I think there's some other ones. Uh, customer concentration. I've worked with someone that, you know, they've got one customer that's 60% of their revenue. Well, when the owner goes away, who's got a great <laughs> relationship, how much of that revenue is going to stay, okay? And, or is that customer going to go someplace else? And, you know, so you have some discussions with owners about those types of things. What can we do to change the customer concentration? But those are things which income, that uh, impact our offer. Because there's, you know, if there's great synergy, uh, then you can add more to the offer. If there's some of these other negatives, there's pluses and minuses. That customer concentration is one of those things that's a minus. Okay. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about that. I've actually been personally in a situation where the largest customer went bankrupt. A little bit different twist, but the same impact, except at that point you own it. So uh, there, and it was a large percentage of the business uh, on an acquisition we did. So it, it hurts either way. Right. And, and so as you start thinking about that, the valuation, you start thinking about the assessment, you may be in a situation where multiple people are bidding 
on this particular business. If it's a high growth industry, uh, there's multiple people interested, uh, that's good for the seller. You've just got to be careful that when you're, do, when you're looking at that, that you go back to what your strategy is and how much you, wanted, you were willing to invest and stick with your strategy. If all of a sudden you are spending way, you're going to have to spend way more money than you wanted to, that's where that emotion com comes in and, you, and says, wait a minute, I can't be emotional. I know it. You know what? It may be a good fit, but it's not a good fit for me today. And that's when you have to back out of that transaction and say it just is not going to work for us. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to do that for a lot of people to really say no or back out. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely, because you've invested time. You've invested time in your strategy. You've, you've invested a bunch of time in your due diligence. So you've invested this time and people, and it's difficult to walk away. But if you want to have a successful merger or acquisition, you're going to have to make those decisions. You need to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Absolutely. What are some of the other areas that uh, are on your checklist for the process? So as we look through this, then it's really about due diligence, okay? We've sat there, we've, we've negotiated, uh, we've come to an agreement on a price. There's still more work that needs to be done. Now, we've, we have done this uh, evaluation of the company. Now, we've really got to do a very in-depth, thorough review of the organization. Uh, and that's not just the financials. It's going to be... Uh, products. Uh, it's going to be properties. It's going to be human resources. Uh, you know, one of the companies I'm working with, you know, it comes down to, you know, it's, it, to the degree of benefits. When we merge, how are we going to do this? So it's benefits. Intellectual property. How is intellectual property handled? Uh, if you as an owner uh, own something personally in this, uh, does that get, to, what actually comes with the sale of the organization? Well, let me ask you this, just kind of back down a little bit off of that, because obviously, I mean, I start thinking about all the things that really fall into due diligence, and, and my head almost explodes, because, and there are lists out there, 50, 60, 100 items on these lists, and one, the key is, so people don't forget, is follow the process, follow the list, whatever it is, be sure you do that, take that emotion out, I'm going to repeat that forever, because it is, I've been there, I did it myself, I got so invested so vested in doing yep. the process and had spent the money and spent a lot of time and thought I knew everything, boy, don't do it. That's my, my <laughs> that's my tip of the year, tip of my life. But anyway, back to what I'm saying. Got a scenario for you. Okay. I'm a dry cleaner. I'm doing three, four hundred thousand a year in dry cleaning. I got a great location. And there's another dry cleaning in town who has several locations. Uh, pickup stores and the plant and whatnot and I'm looking because he wants to sell he's one of your candidates at 65 right. and it's time to to move on and he wants to sell what are the three four five keys in due diligence I need to do on that kind of acquisition what are the key things I need to look at okay and before I answer that question uh, there's a time that if you don't know what to do you get you buy the expertise and you just said, mentioned a list of 60 or 70 items. Yeah, I do have a list from an attorney friend of mine that we've worked together, and it is a long list. Not everything's relevant, but everything is something that you, could, you should think about. Get the help you need, again, to increase your odds of success. So back to your dry cleaner, uh, one of those, you know, just kind of thinking about it is uh, 
structurally, what do you look like? And that's uh, location. So, for example, is your location matching up to others, or does this give them more uh, more geographic space without any kind of locations close together? So there's there's a, the geographic part of it. I think there's the financial part of it. Understanding their you you're in the business, okay? Understanding their financials versus your financials. Did, does what you see really make sense? You know, if you're if you're if you got a ten percent margin and they got a thirty percent margin, it, and you and you're running your business pretty efficiently, you're going well. There's something a little squirrely there, right? Uh, people, uh, all your people, and to me, it's not just people; it's about culture. Okay, uh, I've seen some businesses that have been unsuccessful when they merged because you had one one organization that was very. Uh, uh, employees were empowered. Uh, they were supposed to make decisions. They were hired because they were good and they were supposed to do their job. Uh, the acquiring company, the owner was very uh, authoritative, autocratic. Okay, those cultures don't mix. So you've really got to look at the culture, and then you get into some of the details about benefits. Uh, you know, it's vacation time, sick time, all those types of things that are going to impact which one. Uh, do you accept health insurance? Does one have health insurance? Does one not? What's that going to impact? You know, so a lot of that, so all the employee related types of activities. So the three things are really culture to me, culture, financial, and then uh, some of the geographic types of things. Well, that's a good list. I would mention one thing because I have a background in family history, but the dry cleaning is you all got to be concerned about the chemicals. Safety. Uh, which, what have they been doing or not doing? And that's a huge thing uh, potentially. And I think that I just take a, a little footnote to our conversation today is that when you buy a business, look at those processes. You mentioned intellectual property, but processes that they have intellectual property, if they're dealing with some hazardous type materials as part of their process or whatever, uh, be sure those get special attention, and typically you need to find specialists to look at them for you uh, because that can really trip you up or give you a, a business that's not worth anywhere near what it uh, you, you bought it on. So I, I feel looking for those little uh, things that are hidden in the back corner and somebody wasn't doing it exactly, that's a big culture issue too. Maybe we can touch on that for a second, is how people handle those potential, I call them threats whether it be environmental or intellectual, something that the business is so dependent on that if it goes away or it's damaged or unavailable. Uh, I ran in a deal the other day with CPA, right, tax time. Right. And they used a certain software, and that software with the update that Microsoft had done <laughs> wouldn't function. And this is a national product. And the security aspects of it were not working. And he was shut down for a period of days because that – so. What do you suggest? I mean, people need to do, that's due diligence of if I'm acquiring that professional service firm, CPA or whatever. I mean, it just, it's everywhere in business, more and more with technology. Well, I'm trying to think, think what, what a good answer is on that because there's so many different things that, that every business that we look at is, is going to be related. You mentioned the chemicals. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, like, that's really all about safety. 
what are they doing from a safety perspective? If it's a trucking company or an industrial company or a uh, manufacturing company, it's, it's still about safety, but what you have to do with OSHA and OSHA requirements then becomes uh, a, real, uh, a real challenge. Th things that you don't necessarily have to deal with in a retail environment. So a lot of it has to do with where you are as a company, what, what industry, uh, what products you have, uh, and do these products all mesh together when you start bringing these two companies together? Uh, and have they been dealing with them in the past? If, if you got chemicals or even a technology, maybe they're on the outs yep. with their software provider and, and you don't know it. I mean, you don't know it unless you're one or two or three people in the company that's dealing with it. And all of a sudden, day one, you go in theoretically and you're disconnected. I mean, any kind of process that is critical to the function of that business, uh, it's 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 a it's, a, it's something you got to do due diligence up to the time of closing. It, absolutely right, and it's every process. It's understanding what each one of those processes are, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. But you know, if you when you do get to a point, it's about integration, because with all of these things that we're evaluating, we've got to get down to the the granular detail. Uh, we can't just say, hey, the, you know, Ebbett is this. Oh, that looks good. Let's, let's go for it. You really need to get down to every process within the organization to evaluate where they are and where you are. And are you willing to accept these things? Or if you aren't going to accept them, or you might say, for example, uh, software. Uh, I, this particular company uses this kind of CRM. This one uses this type of CRM. What are we going to do? Is okay. This one works, but ours is better. Okay. So what are we going to do longer term? That's a project plan. But you've got to look at all of those things because they're operating their business today. You're operating your business today, and if we want to get one plus one equals three, we've got to understand everything as we put these uh, together. And there's a cost. In your example of merging those softwares, whether you eliminate one and got to transfer, there's a cost. And I, again, find typically a smaller business, even big businesses, they'll overlook that, that there's a cost. Even if it goes together perfectly, put down on a piece of paper because I'm willing to pay X, but I have to analyze what cost. And you gave a great example of a manufacturing and drug deal. That was a major, but there's a lot of small costs. It's like buying a house. My dad, I never forget the <laughs> advice. I bought my first house. He said, well, if you analyze, if you figured out what your, your extra costs are going to be, and I said, what do you mean? And he, and he said, well, I'm not talking about your, your closing statement. I'm talking about once you buy the house, you need a lawnmower, you need this, you need that. And it was a few hundred dollars, if I remember, but still, you know. They don't know my wife. It you was know. a few thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, be sure you do it. Right. Let's take, uh, we've got a little bit of time left. Let's talk about the purchase agreement itself. I mean, that's, that's a legal document. So how do you approach that? I get a professional to make sure that we're doing it correctly. So I've got an attorney that we work with. Uh, and that's part of having a team when you're doing this because uh, whether you're buying or selling a company, chances are you need a, a CPA, you need a tax uh, a tax individual. A CPA doesn't know necessarily a tax expert, right? Uh, an attorney, you need some kind of advisor to kind of hold everybody together. That's one of the things I really work on. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think, there's, there's more people. But you got to make sure that you've got the right team in place to be able to help you make the decisions and be and handle this professionally. So when you look at the purchase agreement, it's going to be an attorney. 
uh, that has experience uh, documenting purchase agreements. What's going to be in a purchase agreement at a high level? Uh, it's going to be uh, at the very high level is price and terms. Okay, uh, and terms can be can be a whole lot of different uh, items. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of room to know and grow, as I say, and when you get yep. down to price and terms. Well, we've made it to the end. We're ready to close our deal, right? And, yep. and And either merge or acquire that business. The point being is, we're going to take our business and make it part of another business. What's your What's your wisdom on all that? Well, okay. So we've gone through these processes. We've and we've kind of got to the point that we're going to close on the deal. And so step eight is deal closure and integration. So they've been finalized. We've agreed on the price. We're going to agree on uh, when we're going to gain control, what we're going to gain control of. And now it's time for integration. And I think integration is a, a significant failure point, in which we're going to talk about a little bit later on, because most people don't plan the integration piece until after they've, they're actually closing the deal. And, and when it comes down to it, if you go back to our due diligence, it, it, we've got a point that we're doing, we think we're going to be doing the deal. There could be some things that kill it, but the project planning for the integration needs to start at that point. The integration doesn't, the planning doesn't start at closure. And that's one reason that people fail. Yeah, well, that's you, you made an excellent point, even our off-air discussions that you and I have had about integration and how critical. And if you just stop and think about it, even in, back to our dry cleaning example. So I acquire this business, and they have, say, 15 employees. And I'm over here, and I've got my 8 or 10. There's still integration that needs to take place, even if they don't all work in the same place. But we're going to be communicating with each other. There's going to be common things. That's how you make the three, is you... You, you're able to do it with less or make more out of the same amount or whatever, and you've got to connect and all the things that go into integration, uh, even in a simple acquisition of a store or two stores or whatever, you've got to make it happen. And it's more than the black and white of changing the forms and doing all this, you know. It's a big deal. But a lot of owners think that that's all it is. Yeah. Okay, we changed the name on the front door, and we're good to go. Yeah. Well, we're not. Yeah, that lady or that uh, those people that work there for an average of 15, 20 years, <laughs> and, and they're going to look at the name on the door and say, hmm. Uh, anyway, but uh, that's, that's – You know, so that the whole integration progress process really comes down to change management. Yeah. Okay? And a lot of people don't look at it from a change management perspective. Well, and I think it, 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 as we kind of wind up today's session, uh, the thing is, it's it's kind of like buying a house. Most of us do that once or twice in our life. I know some people that have bought more homes. I think we bought three or four over the 35, 40 years that, we've been, that I've been married. But the reality is to merge or to acquire another company, for most people, most business owners, is not something you do every day. And you may only do it once, maybe twice in your in your career. And so it's even more critical that you have a process and that you find experts to help you. And right, I mean, absolutely, it's a one-off. If you know, if you did it every day, that'd be one thing. But if you're going to do it once or twice in your lifetime, it's important to get the. It's going to cost a little bit of money, but guess what? It will save you so much by having experts do something and involved in it to help you make the right decision. Yeah, unless you're deciding this is going to be your way and every once or twice a year you're going to acquire, then you can use the old experience and fail and have success and measure it out yourself. But really encourage people. Find people to help you. 
in all aspects that, that you have mentioned, John. John, as we wind up today, you mentioned, I believe, a book uh, that in one of our discussions that you felt was very powerful and could be helpful to people. Tell us a bit about so, the book. So uh, I've got a friend by the name of Jerry Baltus. He's up in the Milwaukee area, but uh, he wrote a book that's the final act of ownership, and it's selling your small business. It's a quick read. It's, real, it's a short book, but if you're really planning and thinking about buying or selling a business, I think this is a really good book for people to take a look at. Uh, spend an hour or so reading through it. It'll at least give you a really good idea as far as what you can do or what you need to do to prepare uh, for the sale of your business. And that's the final act of ownership, selling your small business. Correct. Okay. And can you get that on Amazon? I yes, assume? you can. Okay. That's that's a good ad. And last but not least, I, you've got a, a big event coming up personally for you and your family. Uh, we're all about here at Lone Star Community Radio, all about working with the community, nonprofits, and doing doing good. So tell us about this event, please. So it's all about helping the community. We've got uh, the, the Compassion United uh, fundraising event coming up in uh, April, Thursday, April 15th. Uh, it's pretty exciting. It's uh, something that we're in the process of making a significant change. We've been helping the homeless here and uh, empowering them to get out of homelessness uh, for the last 14 years. We have five acres that we're uh, getting ready to develop. And this the focus of this is really to to uh, start fundraising so that we can uh, do this five-acre development. So that's pretty exciting. Of course, my wife's involved. She's going to be working on uh, the silent auction. So if anybody has some items that they might, may want to provide to the silent auction, I'd be more than happy to help them get connected. Uh, again, my name's jo uh, John Stacy, and it's J-S-T-A-C-Y at addthecoach.com. Okay, and they can just contact you there yep. about the program as well as the upcoming gala. Absolutely. Okay. Give that address one more time, please. J-S-T-A-C-Y at A-D-V-I-C-O-A-C-H dot com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for part two of our Soup to Nuts conversation with John Stacy, Abda Coach, A Roadmap to Success, Mergers and Acquisitions. I hope you will tune in next week because we'll have the third and final part uh, to play for you. So, Otherwise, keep doing what you're doing and even do it better. So we'll see you next time. OneBestConsult.com, a community of small business owners where you as an owner can find answers to the most pressing business questions you have. Not sure who to turn to when you have a challenge in your business? Turn to the folks at OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one bestconsult.com where you can always find advice you can use based on common sense business experience. Join our community of like-minded business owners at OneBestConsult.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes uh, part two of our Soup to Nuts conversation with Mr. John Stacy of Advocates. John, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I think this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation thus far. That was part two, and uh, next week I hope you'll make a note uh, to join us because we'll be listening to the third and final part of that conversation in order to give you a soup-to-nuts roadmap to success, mergers and acquisitions. We're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break, uh, but first let me give you an idea of what's coming up in the second half of the show. First of all, in our Did You Know series, I will discuss how you can get more out of your day by doing something different entitled A Successful Day Starts First Thing in the Morning. Hope you'll stick around and listen to that, and I'll close out uh, our show today with my one best consult tip of the week, entitled How to Buy Your Next Big Thing 
the right way. So please stay with us, and we'll be see you on the other side of the break. Thanks. ideas and news you can use join us on the weekly business hour every monday at 11 a.m on lone star community radio a lone star community radio is montgomery county's radio station with talk music weather and traffic for montgomery county have a question or comment about one of our shows want to know how to reach a host just contact the station at irlonestar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Path to the Plate is a research-based education program that helps consumers understand how their food choices impact their health by making the connection to agriculture. Learning about how food is grown and produced and how consumers can make better food choices for themselves and their families, Path to the Plate is all about dispelling myths and misconceptions. Find out more online at pathtothepplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the weekly business hour. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host of the program. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. And hopefully you've already got some information if you listen to the first half of the show that you can utilize in your business even today. That's what we try to do here is to offer common sense business advice and discussions that lead to that. I want to remind you that a podcast of today's show will be available on Wednesday. I hope you will pass it on to someone, a fellow business person who might be able to benefit from it. Or if you miss something, you want to re-listen our podcast or broadcast throughout social media. In particular, you can come to the station site website at IRLoneStar.com. Click on the weekly business hour page and you'll see a posted edition of today's show. I also want to thank our show sponsor again, OneBestConsult.com. That's the website that I founded. It's a place for the small business community, small business owners, managers, families to go to connect and share their ideas, share their questions, their issues, talk about everything business. One, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, I'm going to pick up with our Did You Know series, and I want to talk about it. a successful day starts first thing in the morning. Um, probably a self-serving statement uh, in a way that uh, it serves the idea that we get off to a good start, right? We'll have a good day. And I think that's fairly obvious to many of us. But from time to time, it doesn't hurt to be reminded or perhaps hear an idea that someone else has used successfully. And my best idea I have on what leads to a successful day is to manage your email. I have more clients who call on me for help 
in managing your email. And one of the things that the start of the day you can do to manage your email is just scan it. Uh, respond to customers. Think, take care of things that are very important, directly deal with the day. But take all those advertisements, those general inquiries, things that you can push off to respond later in the day, do so. But everybody is drawn to their email. Everybody's drawn to their cell phones. And many times you will find yourself, as I have talked to literally hundreds of business owners, they get bogged down in their email because they start looking at this, that, sometimes personal things are there, and uh, it, it, it can be a mess, and by the time you look up, 30 minutes is gone, an hour is gone. That good start to the day goal you have has just been washed out, at least for that day. So scan your email, put the email in its proper perspective, only respond to things then and there that need your response. Look at the other emails later in the day, perhaps mid-morning, mid-afternoon, or even at the end of the day. But move on from the email. The second thing is the idea, and, and, and this is one that's fairly popular, one of the things that's key to getting a start on a good day is get your blood pumping and, and eat, a, eat breakfast of some sort. I was listening to an interview this morning uh, with one of the current congressmen who happens to be a retired Navy SEAL. And they were asking him in the interview, how do you start your day? How do you get things going as you go to your office, whatever? And he said, well, I try to work out. Sometimes it's not possible, but it is my first goal. So he gets that, gets that body moving around a little bit, whatever that means. It's different to all of us. And then he says, I have a protein shake, a uh, quick breakfast. But the protein obviously works for him because he's a highly energetic individual based on what I've observed. But he says it all. Get everything flowing. Wake yourself up. Don't be dragging around. It may be a cup of coffee. Older generation seems to depend on that perhaps. It is whatever it is. But I encourage you to eat some substance. Eat something, a, a good meal for yourself, healthy, a protein shake if you're on the, on the run. And then get to your office and make sure you're wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they used to say when I was growing up. And that still applies today because you're going to have a good day. You're going to start the day right you're going to be awake and making it happen. I think one of the other things that I think is profound that I want to mention here uh, in making the day work for you day in and day out is that is to tackle issues, projects, uh, customers, vendors, whatever it may be, ones that are difficult. Everybody has something that they push off, that they wait on, and it keeps, on, it keeps appearing day after day on your to-do list, so to speak. Tackle one, two, or three. I, it's up to you, and it depends how many you have based on what your responsibilities are and how you manage your business. But tackle those toughest things first, but limit it. Make it one, maybe two. In some cases, there are certain consultants and business coaches say, well, make it three. Again, you may not have three, but if there's something that stays on the list that you're sort of turning the blind eye to, so to speak, Make sure you put it at the top of the list and get it done first thing. After you come in, open up the business, say hello to everyone, whatever your normal first thing in the morning routine is, sit down or go out, visit, whatever it is, take care of that difficult issue. Another thing that's been recommended to me, and I don't have a lot of experience, but I think it potentially it could be a really good thing, and that is to... After the morning starts rolling, t midday, used to be a lot of people, even in factory situations today, I believe we still do, we take a mid-morning break 
for 10 or 15 minutes, grab a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom, whatever. But the idea here for you as the business owner is take some me time, kind of shut down for a little bit, take a walk, go in your office, close the door if you're an open door kind of guy, and just kind of think about what it is that you're thinking about, whether it's personal or business. Uh, it's some me too time. Only 10 or 15 minutes. I mean, some people I know actually will take a power nap, and if you're into that, that's great. But do that on a regular basis. Don't let your schedule get so bogged down that you don't have time to do it. I think that's really important. Well, these are just a few ideas I have, and I, again, I work with my clients to get them off to a good start, uh, get them through the week, the year, and into the future, ultimately to the exit of their business. So these are the kind of things that happen day in and day out that can make you more successful today, tomorrow, and in the future. Uh, we're going to take our last break of the day, and when I come back, I'm going to offer you uh, my Silver Fox Advisor Consult Tip of the Week how to buy the, your next big thing the right way. How to buy your next big thing the right way. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org, that's C-O-R-E-L-U-V.org. Will you help defend the orphan? It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, you are listening to the Weekly Business Hour. This is Rick Schisler, your host. I hope you've enjoyed the show to this point. If you haven't been able to join us for the entire show, don't forget, podcast on Wednesday, video cast. You can watch as well as listen. It's an opportunity. Go to social media. You can go to the website, one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. We post a copy under video tab. 
so you can watch and listen to the entire show. And before I get to our one best consult tip of the week, uh, I want to mention to you too, uh, if you've got a concern, a question, you want to make a comment about the show, or you've just got a question about your business, uh, that's what I do is engage with small business owners, try to utilize my 40-plus years of experience in working, owning multiple businesses, building them up and selling them, and trying to offer them that common-sense business advice uh, in a question. And I don't mind taking a question, fairly straightforward, and uh, in, in responding to you via email. So you reach me on email at onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's one bestconsult at gmail.com. Or you can send it directly to the station, Rick, R-I-C-K, at irlonestar.com. So please, continue to send your comments. We want to build a better show. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, anything related to small business and helping you and your family be more successful, then please send it our way. Well, our one best consult tip of the week. How to do a better job, if you will, uh, when you buy your next big thing, how to do it the right way. From time to time in our businesses, hopefully as we grow or we're in business a period of time, we'll be asked to spend some money on an asset to the business. Uh, right now, technology, big field, people buying computer systems, checkout systems, all kinds of technology in the business, depending on what your business is, software investments. And this could include a month-to-month -month purchase uh, of, as far as a service. Uh, where you pay monthly. It's still an investment, and when you add it up over a period of time, two, three years, it's typically uh, quite a bit of money. And in the past, I have found small businesses, because they don't buy things of, you know, substantial value, except on an irregular basis, uh, if you have a purchasing agent, someone who's got experience, then you probably are in the clear. But a lot of times, uh, since we have over 5.6 million Small businesses with under 20 employees, I dare say that you as the business owner, business manager, are, are going to be the one at the point on making these purchases. So let me run through several what I think are pretty good ideas, checklists, if you will. You develop your own, keep it in the drawer, keep it in the file on the computer, and bring it up down the road when you need to buy something and you're going to expend uh, quite a bit of money. First of all is what will the return on investment be? Uh, return on investment is something that they teach in business schools, but if you didn't go to business school, that's okay. You can do your own return of investment. The big companies do it, but I think it's important for everybody to do it. In other words, if I'm going to buy a, a new computer system and I'm going to expend $10,000, what is my expected return on investment? What is it going to do for my business? Going to increase revenue? increase productivity and efficiency in my business. In other words, I'll be able to produce uh, my goods or services uh, for less cost. Uh, it could be a dispatching uh, software that is used in, say, the plumbing or electrical business to dispatch your trucks. Uh, it doesn't matter. But have a clear vision, and I suggest be able to write it down on paper what you expect to gain by that purchase of that particular technology, software, or any kind of machine, anything, a new truck, take a look at it. Um, so the idea is it's got to help. And if it doesn't, then you're able to uh, say, hey, return on investment doesn't meet the cost. It's just not going to help our business. Second thing is always check your insurance. 
it sounds funny, but, you know, relationship with a professional insurance agent, I feel, is one of the keys to success in a small business, any business. And no one is too small, even if it's just you and maybe a part-time employee. You need to have business insurance, and you need to have a good quality agent who understands your risk, understands your business, and provides you with the correct insurance for your business. And when you buy an asset, not only make sure it gets on the property side, but does it increase any kind of liability? I mean, there are certain machines. uh, You put uh, customers' names and information on software, put it in the cloud. You've got a new risk that you need to talk to your insurance agent about because there's insurance available that would help protect you or at least help you if, in fact, say that list was hacked and that personal information was stolen. So always check that box for insurance. I think the key thing uh, that you have to determine, too, when you make a purchase, my father had an expression that has served me well. He says it's cheap to buy things, but expensive to maintain them. Now, that's a very broad general statement, uh, and it is a reality, at least in the day of the old iron machines that one would buy and that would last 20, 30, 40 years because maintenance became an issue. So you need to understand what is it really going to cost you to have this new asset in your business? What is it going to cost you? Include things such as employee training, uh, being able to hire new employees who can understand it and use it. Again, efficiency of use, if you're trying to reduce cost, it doesn't do you any good if it's complicated in your current workforce much less people you might hire in the future can't get it and don't understand it, and and all they do is make a mess. Uh, And I've seen that happen, particularly with technology. So be aware and ask yourself the question, what is it really going to cost me? More direct things like maintenance, which was my dad's expression of cost of direct maintenance. Uh, You have maintenance contracts in some cases. You need them. You have to have them, and they're really part of the cost of the acquisition uh, because without them, you could really severely expose yourself to tremendous cost. I've seen that happen not only on iron, on equipment, but particularly on technology, products, and services, and you don't have that backup, that extended warranty. Uh, you got to think about it, but that is part of your cost, so check it out. And I think the last and least uh is do you really need it? Make sure you check, you do that old gut check, and make sure you need what you buy. That's the last thing you need to do is to do all the ROI, do all the thinking through, the, it's, is, are we going to be able to handle it, what it's going to cost, all the things I mentioned earlier, but do you really need it? Well, that's my Silver Fox and OneBestConsult.com tip of the week. Again, I ask you to put on a note on your calendar. Join us next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. to hear our conclusion of our soup to nuts conversation with Mr. John Stacy, an advocate entitled Roadmap to Success, Mergers and Acquisitions. Can your business grow through a merger or acquisition purchase of another business? It's a good question, one I think every small business should address, so please make plans to join us. Look for the podcast of today's show. And again, until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.